0: You're listening to the Lucas You Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only Lucas Askew.
1: Kia ora, g'day, bonjour, hello world. Welcome to the Lucas You Experience. I am not... Lucas Askew, but I am your guest host this evening. I am in fact Samuel Jeffrey George Williamson, but you can call me Sam. Uh, I've been given the strange, unique honor of being the host this evening, and with that I was told a few things. I was told I could do this in any way I wanted. It's your show to run. And that's very exciting. But one crucial thing wasn't my decision. And that's who is on with me this evening. And what's a little bit disappointing about that is, you know, I didn't get the chance to get my own guests. This one time I sat next to J-Lo in a restaurant. Is that enough of a connection to get someone on a podcast? I guess we'll never know. But it is with some pleasure, I must admit, just a little bit, that I will introduce tonight's guest, and it's probably going to be a big shock to you all, but ladies and gentlemen, it is the one, the only, Lucas Askew.
0: Wow. What an opener. I I don't think I've, I've heard much better than that. In the two seasons of the Lucas Ask Experience, but I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be in in the second chair. I don't I don't usually sit here, so I'm uh, I'm interested of what's in store with Sam Williamson
1: in at in, uh, at the helm. Well, f- firstly, just on that, my friend how does it how does it feel sitting over there and maybe most importantly not being in a position to prepare anything this evening.
0: You know it's uh, it's difficult because when you have uh, myself, the ultimate professional that uh, comes comes to work every day, I'm waking up and believing in this stuff, and and really th- this podcast has been everything for me for the past two years, and 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 try to have the the utmost highest of standards, uh, and the preparation is really key. So having the lack of preparation, I think this is uh, this is great to get me out of my comfort zone, but you know I. I felt that uh, the LAE, this is the farewell tour. So I uh, wanted to, to give the faithful some, some things that they, they may want, want to know a little bit more about me. And also, uh, you know, you've done some hosting in, in your day. You're not too bad in front of a mic or behind a mic.
1: <laughs> well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I actually haven't prepared anything as well. Just to, Okay, just to- so
0: we're, we're doing this uh, unprepared. So basically, I'm, I'm going to be losing a lot of listeners
1: as a result of, of this decision. We'll see, we'll soon find out. I okay. mean, but before we kick off though, I mean, I have to say congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, I was flicking through LinkedIn the other day and I couldn't help but see this groundswell of commentary, this, this one particular post that caught my eye. Lots of likes, lots of comments, even the new hearts that LinkedIn have introduced recently. And um, I see that you've been promoted I mean, mate, well done. That, that that's great news.
0: Thank you. You know, you know, obviously the the LAE is is my main uh, source of, of passion, but I also do have a day job, and uh, I I thank you again for just thank, thank you for the congratulations and the many people that have provided well wishes over the past week plus, and uh, you know, leading the sports marketing department and and being. The known head of sports marketing at TuneIn really has been uh, been an honor for me to to take this badge. Uh, but you know, I, I couldn't have uh, couldn't have asked for uh, the people in in my network of reaching out the people that uh, I talk to on a on a frequent basis, and those that I haven't talked to in ten years. That uh, congrats on the new role, even though they know absolutely nothing about me. You know, that's that's what LinkedIn's for.
1: I I couldn't help but notice it, it looked like a couple of your colleagues looked surprised that you'd been promoted. It was is that
0: you know it's uh, it's always a surprise when when someone gets the elevation uh, of, of of a title. But uh, you know I'm I'm still the same guy. I'm still the same guy I was before. And really, I'm I'm here to to work and here to make the sports audio experience mm. for TuneIn a better place. That, that's re- that's really my ultimate job. Regardless of what is on my business card,
1: and is this the way you talk around the office as well, with this kind of steely precision?
0: Absolutely. When when you want to command respect <laughs> and get get jobs done, it, it's about having that very curtness to the voice mm. that allows it to get things moving.
1: Mm, there we go. Well, um, we're going to talk about a bunch of things this evening. Ooh, I, I thought you uh, said we
0: weren't uh, weren't prepared. Were? No,
1: you. This is part of the preparation. Okay. Uh, throwing throwing a curveball early. Okay. Um. We'll talk about a lot of things. Um, we are going to talk about this very podcast, of course, because you know you mentioned earlier this is the Farewell Tour. Um, I've done a little bit of research to see that the, the LAE has been going since 2016, so this is its fourth year. Um, well, it,
0: it's, the, it's the second season, so obviously we, <laughs> uh, we elongated the timeline a little bit, but uh, second season. It's all about semantics here, Sam. Okay. So I haven't been around for four years. We've been around for two seasons.
1: Well, I'll, I thought that was a compliment, just really showing that you know you had the ability to to go for four years, and you know that, that's a long time at the helm. But look, hey, two seasons, cool with that.
0: Two seasons sounds better for me than, than four <laughs> years because if people are saying four years and then they see the number of episodes, they might be questioning themselves. So I, I want I want it to be tight. We've had two great seasons. Two amazing seasons with the LAE, and you know it's it's time to uh, hang up the cleats. Well, as the I, I, don't, I don't know if would they be. would
1: think that because like it's kind of like a band with albums. You don't know? if if the longer it takes between, you're like, well, these guys are really putting in work. That that could be the perception. Now, um,
0: if that if I was a band, what band would you equate me to?
1: Definitely some sort of yacht rock. Um, you know, something that's not too crazy, not too wild, but when you get into the chorus, the people are nodding their heads and they're smiling. Um, what I'd be interested in knowing is who would you equate yourself to?
0: You know, if uh, I've, I've thought about this many times, uh, when I think about myself and, and really the the image I, I want to portray as, let's see the the host of the Lucas Ask you Experience, a couple. A couple musicians really come to mind for me. One, Coldplay. Hmm. You know, people people love Coldplay. People hate Coldplay, um, but Coldplay just has a uh, just a, a poppy feel to them. You know, they're they have the ability to relate. They have the ability to take such a vibrant color, the color yellow. Just it's the color <laughs> of the sun, the color of energy, and they can just rip. The energy and just take the sap out of the room um, with their song "Yellow," mm. which is one of the most depressing songs, but it's a great song nonetheless. Um, so, Coldplay, obviously the British. You know, I'm part of the Commonwealth, being Canadian, so we're we're kind of related there. So, Coldplay would be my band uh, in terms of an actual individual singer that uh, would relate to. I'm gonna go uh, Alan Jackson. <laughs>
1: inspirational choices there what <laughs> the the coldplay choice great band um they're often criticized by other rock bands as not being very rock and roll but um i don't know if you face criticism like that yourself but you know
0: you know some people say my podcast isn't too podcast enough so i, I definitely can <laughs> can feel what they're feeling as well and you know what people uh my, my canadian cohort might be uh just blowing up my my social media handles and saying, "You said Coldplay, you didn't say Nickelback," which mm. is near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I just feel Nickelback is on such another level. They are the Joe Rogan of podcasts. <laughs> that you know, everybody says, "No, I don't listen to Joe Rogan," but everybody actually does <clears throat> listen to Joe Rogan, and everybody does listen to Nickelback.
1: I think the majority of that audience because they're forced to um but what one thing i do know uh whether it's four years two seasons i believe this is the 39th episode Ooh! Um, yes what i'm interested is just to kind of go all the way back to the start okay right back to uh, the pilot um season one season episode one, one. <laughs> two years ago apparently <laughs> uh, season one episode one um the, the naming of these episodes is that, is that a nod to, to Seinfeld?
0: Very perceptive, very perceptive, Sam. I wanted it to the nomenclature to be very similar. Some make more sense than others. Sometimes I've added a word some obviously Seinfeld is the and one word to it, but I wanted it to to have a, a similar feel look and feel. so whether it be the Kiwi episode, uh, the brother episode, which uh, just just came out recently. We've, we've tried to make it surrounding one particular theme. But yeah, the, the pilot, it had to be the pilot. People didn't, people didn't know if the podcast was going to continue after that first episode. But the LA faithful, they came out in droves after uh, that first episode to, and uh, listened to my 20-minute monologue on dating. Uh, and the rest has really just been history.
1: Beautiful. So. I'd love to know, like, uh, talk us through the emotions. Like, here you are. <clears throat> You've never had a podcast before. I don't know if you've ever had recorded one. You tried them out. Like, took us through like your state of mind before hitting record that night or that day, and uh, kicking things off with the pilot.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we can we'll, we'll paint the picture on this one. So this was uh, a couple years ago, season one, <laughs> and right now you you and I are in uh, this this beautiful recording studio. That uh, wonderful. Uh, the TuneIn Studio. Thank you, Aaron Fonseca, my producer, uh, for for hooking me up here. But um, so we're, we're in a great space now. When I when I started, I was not in this space. I was not employed by TuneIn at the time, actually. So I was uh, the home office, the the home studio. So I was actually living two apartments ago, living in the marina in, in San Francisco, and you know, space is limited. But my roommate at the time had a a great situation. They he had his bedroom but he had a walk-in closet that was basically carpet from carpet to ceiling just all padded and it was really like a uh, uh, did you
1: ask questions as to why he had that particular room i'm slightly concerned that there'd be a room like that in anyone's apartment
0: it, it was a, it was a little odd um, but you know that was the the, the biggest bedroom he was, he was paying the most out of, out of our uh our roommate situation so didn't ask questions it was a huge walk-in closet but it was great for recording because uh, the acoustics in there were, were really solid. So um, that wasn't the inspiration because I, I had a, <laughs> a roommate that had a closet that I could record in. But that was an opportunity for, for me to actually uh, take the, create and uh, build the podcast there. But the actual inspiration, it, it came from... Just always wanting to do different things, whether it be in the audio space, whether it be in the creative space. I I have a day job. I have I will always have a day job, but my true passion is content generation and connecting with an audience. Obviously, I've tried things like stand-up comedy. I've done public announcing. Uh, I like talking in front of a mic. And this was a great avenue that I feel, at the time, a couple of years ago, wasn't really being uh, tap to its full potential. Didn't think that by me getting on there that it would, uh, have this meteoric rise. It has, uh, maybe, maybe (laughs) coincidence, maybe not, but, um, it was really through, through this time of just getting that inspiration. I I knew I wanted to, to try and dabble in something. So I was actually, uh, had a, a homemade microphone that funny enough.
1: (laughs) No, what? He's reached into his bag and has pulled something out. The Zoom microwave. <laughs> the Zoom microwave. I don't know if I call that homemade. <laughs> 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 it's clearly something you have purchased, unless you also moonlight as some sort of technology wizard.
0: <laughs> it sure feels like a homemade <laughs> microphone. <laughs> but uh, thank you to Zoom for being my original microphone. Basically, my wife, Julie, bought uh, bought me this for a birthday gift, and... I wanted to, to test it out, so let's uh, go back a couple of years. I'm in uh, my roommate's closet and just uh, turned it turned it on, like I'm about to do right now. And without, without a script, without any idea what I was gonna do, I just, just went for it. The, the things that, that popped into my mind, I wanted a catchy opener, I wanted to do a monologue, uh, I wanted to have certain segments and bits and over the course of the years, some things have have come and gone. I, I used to have a uh, motivational message uh, <laughs> section. Didn't quite catch on, but that's fine. I I enjoy mo- motivational readings uh, from time to time. But it was really at that time of trying something completely new. Whether it failed or whether it succeeded, m- I was measuring success based on my the happiness that I was getting from it. And after episode one. I really enjoyed it. Some people gave me some good feedback that, hey, you're actually not not too bad at this. Why don't uh, you continue to do this? So that's uh, that's what I've done for the past two seasons of uh, trying to generate content that the LA faithful and the hopefully growing outside of the faithful uh, would appreciate.
1: Well, we, on behalf of the faithful, we we thank you for that. Well, thank you. Um, I'm I'm interested to know like you hear a lot of, you, you mentioned it, like the rise of podcasts in the last few years is, is extreme. And, and people do throw around the idea of like, hey, I, I could have a podcast. It can't be that difficult. Do you, what do you, what do you say to those people? Like what are what are the challenges or how, you are obviously coming from a place of quite pure motivation in terms of like a creative outlet, Um what advice do you give to people who are considering starting something for themselves? Is it worth it?
0: Is this a leading question that you, Sam Williamson, are, are wanting to scratch the itch of starting your own podcast?
1: That's <laughs> a bizarre answer. No, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the thousands, the hundreds of thousands of listeners right Got now. It. There might be a talent out there who's thinking, maybe maybe it's my time. Sorry,
0: this is just my natural uh, host mentality of, of Putting it back on. Uh, I, have to, I have to remember I'm the guest here, so it's a it's a, it's a different role I'm yeah, playing. Yeah,
1: get that sorted. Yeah, straight away, buddy. I, I, I will get it get it <laughs> this sorted. This is my show.
0: That's right, the Sam William Experience. Um, advice for those that that want to start their own podcast. It sounds great on paper. People like any new medium. People want to be involved in what the next it project is. They want to be the the next Uber, the next Facebook, have these great ideas that will transform people's lives. And podcast is definitely a medium that more and more people are are wanting to um, get into because I think it's a a, a relatively low-cost opportunity to have one-on-one conversations versus a traditional talk show. But like any great thing and great idea, it comes down to what are you actually going to do? The are you going to put in the time to to make it the best it can be? Um, hard work is, there's no substitute for hard work. You still need to put in the, the time and energy. So I know I'm leading it into a depressing place, but I would say for those that are really considering, I think step one, take a step back, like listen listen to what you are, are hearing out there. Uh, what do you like about certain podcasts, what you don't like, um, and really trying to find like one or two things that that you particularly are really passionate about or that you feel that is a a void in the market that you don't hear a lot of. Um, Obviously, when when I was uh, coming up, I I wanted a a place to kind of rant and and talk, and it morphed over time that it wasn't just going to be monologues, that I needed guests in order to get people to listen, as well as it was just very taxing uh, trying to create 40 minutes of me just talking. Um, So really understanding... Kind of what you want to be talking about, understanding your your audience. You you should basically be building out kind of a, a plan of attack and kind of going through this checklist before you step into the the podcast space. I definitely say when you're uh, when you're starting out something, try it out. Um, talk to your talk to your friends and kind of your closest group. I like to listen to the Malcolm Gladwells and the Seth Godins of the world. And they really talked about kind of building your own tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what the LA Faithful was. like. It started out with really just my my family and closest friends, and those were the only people that, that really listened. And it was kind of through word of mouth that we've built uh, to more friends and people that my great uh, listener in uh, Iceland, so thank you. Um, you. You may be able to actually uh, connect with her while you're, you're getting married in uh, in iceland in a couple months <laughs> it's
1: a she, yes well i'll be there uh, in about 30 days actually
0: actually yes um so i've kind of gone on various uh, tangents but ultimately if you are starting out you you want to get into the podcast i would say write down these things of like why you want to do this what do you think your your mark of this is going to be do you have the time to do this like mm. it's it's, it's a great, like, this is probably my favorite part of what we're doing right now. My least favorite part is coming up with topics, coming up with guests, editing it, posting sure. it. The, there's more to it than just the actual recording. The re- recording, it's like, this is our, our Sunday. This is what we, we, we train for. These are our games, but there's definitely practice that's involved mm-hmm. in terms of refining it, promoting it, and and growing it. Because, like anything, if, if nobody knows about it, um, it's it's gonna hurt. It's not gonna catch on.
1: Yeah, look, um, totally respect that. Definitely did, didn't think you would have such a depressing answer, and really, really bring us down to a, a, a grim a grim place. But look, to totally understand that. Maybe maybe to kind of summarize things on a positive bring, bring, note. Yeah, bring let, us let's back bring up. bring it back up. Um. What 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 are the some the the big things like the big posit- positives you take away from it at the same time? Like I'm sure connecting with different guests and and the uniqueness and the specialness of having these conversations with people you know must have been uh, fantastic to experience.
0: My favorite part of this experience is building an ex the one on one experience with with the guest like the the moment of those twenty to sixty minutes that we had talking. Um, I think some of the most raw and authentic conversation that I will have w- with people, uh, even though it, it's broadcast out and kind of transcribed in a way that doesn't necessarily always feel like that. Um, just the one on one connection that I had, whether it be with the episode you and I did together or, or other guests that have been on, that's something that I will always remember because that was just the time where the energy was flowing, conversation was coming. It felt True and authentic, and, and that's why season two raw, authentic, and emotional. <laughs> that, that's why we were focused so heavily on it because that's what I wanted to create those, yeah. those uh, episodes. So I would say, you know, yes, I, I gave a very uh, downtrodden answer, <laughs> uh, and maybe that maybe that's why I'm retiring, Sam. I, I don't know, but uh, I, I wanted to. It was an give, honest answer. Look, yeah, I see. G- that. Give the actual. It's like anything, you know, if you're willing to put the time and the energy. And continually push for it, and really, at the end of the day, you should. I think this was something that you and I talked about, but probably something I should have outlined earlier on in the process. What do I really want out of this experience? Mm. What What are the metrics that that matter most to me? Um, I think I started to compare myself with other people, and am I getting more listeners? Mm. Am I continuing to grow? And that was that was the wrong answer. Like it's not about as many listeners, obviously I want the LA faithful to grow. Mm. Um, but ultimately it's about doing good work and sharing that with, with everyone.
1: And look, in all seriousness, uh, I, I do think you gave people some great advice, which is the realities are it is a lot of work to drive something like this. So, um, certainly thank you for being honest in that respect. Now, Earlier on, when I uh, said congratulations, um, it could have actually been about a second thing, which is, as you discussed with your brother, um, you're becoming a dad. That's right. Um, Thank you. Which is very cool. Um, What I would like to know is, now that you're becoming a dad, what fictional dad from television or from film will you use as like your role model? Or maybe they've already, you've already thought that over the years. Is there, does anyone jump to mind?
0: Well, growing up, I would have said Bill Cosby.
1: Wow, well, I think a lot of people may have said that.
0: That's no longer the answer. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you, t- you turned it here uh, because I feel my answers to the last question definitely brought the mood down. So I, I'm, I'm realizing the, the role of this guest, it, I put a lot on on the guest's shoulders to actually make great content, so um, I'll, I'll I'll make up for it with this answer. Number one, the the, the immediate one that came to mind. I don't know why, uh, Sandy Cohen of the OC, <laughs> aka Peter Gallagher. Superb, uh, unbelievable. First of all that hair that that flowing hair
1: the eyebrows
0: the <laughs> world-class the, eyebrows the caterpillars of eyebrows mm. that he has and the ability to to take in ryan atwood a uh, downtrodden individual in the hills of uh the, the impoverished neighborhoods of the oc uh, manage a a family dynamic is uh his wife um, and his actual son, Seth Cohen, Sandy, Sandy Cohen would be my, my, my top pick. I'm trying to think of another dad that I would actually uh, go with the the guy from modern family of my life. Any,
1: any particular guy from modern family or just the guy, um,
0: (laughs) I don't I don't watch the show as much because so I don't remember the name. Uh, that's probably why that's not my answer. Um, the guy that, that looks
1: like me. The uh... <laughs> oh that, that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, look, going back to Sandy, I mean, his name's Sandy, first of all. So that's a great choice. Um, one of the things you're probably not going to like about my questions for the rest of this uh, is that I didn't allow you to prepare. So this is all about, like, your instant reaction
0: I appreciate the the structure of this, that you, you put me in my place.
1: Well, I wanted to give you a night off as well, right? This is this is a chance for you to experience what it's like on the other side of the microphone. Like, for those listeners right now, uh, Lucas is actually in the number two chair. I'm, yeah. I'm actually sitting. He was nice enough to let me sit in the, the top dog chair, which um, I have to say feels good. The, the, the next question I had for you is... Obviously, um, at some point in the future, maybe the near future, they will make a, a movie about your life, and I'm interested to know if you had the choice, who would you get to play yourself?
0: That's an easy one, and I, I've th- I've thought about this one, one too, and, and really, I, I look at my life as being a a documentary just just in general okay, this is a, a 30 for 30 type film um, this is an HBO classic um, you know I, I definitely didn't come from the streets It came from the beautiful streets of Regina Saskatchewan so they'll have to edit the uh, early part of the childhood out because uh, I'm not too much of an underdog but um, ultimately when you make a movie about the rise of the LAe uh, there's really only one person that can provide that role and unfortunately it's yours truly uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought about different actors that, that could maybe fill fill the shoes but um, I, I just don't think the raw authentic and emotional nature of this feature film would be captured by another another actor there, there there's great actors out there but I noticed the you were calling
1: yourself an actor in that. Sentence. You know, I, I,
0: I definitely don't call myself a professional one, but I, I definitely am, uh, and one am one with the arts. And I feel this would be a, a really uh, this would be my my breakout film.
1: Mm. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, f- starring Lucas said
0: Sundance Film Festival. Watch out in a couple of years. There we go. Years truly, we'll be there.
1: Um, just just to loop back to the to the fatherhood. Um, as a Canadian and a, and a proud Canadian living in America absolutely um, what what aspects of Canadian life or Canadian culture will you be focused on um, as a parent like what things do you are there certain things that are missing here in America like what what things will you kind of draw your attention to
0: you know people are often ask me, what's what's the biggest difference between Canada and the US? And, and there's, like us as human beings, most of our being is the same. Like, we, we, we focus on the differences so often in life, um, but we as humans are virtually the same. Isn't it? Brad Smith would say 99.7% the same. We just focus on the 03 that's different. So... There's a lot of similarities uh, of how I would raise a child in, in U.S. and Canada. Um, I think the the couple areas that I would really focus on that I'm r- will will try my hardest is is reminding my son that he is he is part Canadian. It's it's so easy to assimilate uh, into your existing culture, whether it be how you how you treat each other,s how do you drive, how do you um, talk to talk to talk to strangers. Like there's there are subtle differences between being in Regina, Saskatchewan, and being in San Francisco. That it's more of it's it's easy to just accommodate to where we are now. Um, but I will make a point to visit places like my hometown of Regina, visit Vancouver, visit Calgary, where where my friends are, and I think that will be the best way for them. For him to see the the actual culture, it, it's tough to to fully describe it and actually have him learn from it hmm. versus actually experiencing it. Taking a walk in uh, downtown Calgary and seeing people—it's not like we're happy-go-lucky folks in in Canada, but there's a just a a different sense. In, um, you said pride at, at the start. There is a a different pride in in the nation that we're more of a collective unit than individualistic or capitalistic. Uh, so I think that's something that I would want him to to learn. It's tough to to teach him him in a vacuum if I'm living here, but I will make sure uh, to have him understand his Canadian roots. Because the great thing he'll have dual uh, citizenship, dual passports. That makes uh, coming in out of. Out of both countries, that much easier. So you're welcome, future child. I'm making your life easier.
1: i <laughs> speaking. Speaking of pride, uh, are, are Canadians proud? Like, are they proud people? Like, one one thing I've observed, and this might be completely off the mark, but with famous Canadians, I've never really noticed any who like fly that flag proudly. Uh, who who are the ones that like, you're who, like?
0: Who, who would you say are famous Canadians? Where to begin? And they are famous because they've moved to the United States and this is the bigger market where they've become famous.
1: Exactly. Like specifically Canadians who have made it big in America. So we're talking multiple actors, musicians. Ryan Reynolds of the world. Exactly. Mike
0: Myers of the world. The Rachel McAdams. Uh, thank you, Scott McAdams, for uh, our, our, our conversation a couple episodes ago. But Rachel McAdams, great Canadian actress. Um Celine Dion, Shania Twain, those Canadians became famous because they came to the United States, yes. and the United States is a better incubator for talent in terms of th- there's more money, there's more resources, there's more interest in entertainment value, and that gets back to more of the individualistic society versus Canadian it is more collectivism. And I think there there's parts that are... Um, like I'm not gonna say we're we're all one mm. unit there there's definitely tiers like uh, like any developed country but I think they became successful because they had the opportunity to um, to come to the United States and, and grow their talent and um, have the, the wider spectrum so um,
1: does, so does that so is my observation correct like does that then not make them proud or are you saying that? That was their opportunity. Therefore, they assimilate into like American culture or being kind of coming across as Americans.
0: It's it's a good point because I think in terms of you see, you may see the American flag waved very proudly here and, and talked about very proudly. You'll still see uh, if you. If a Canadian travels abroad, you'll still see that maple leaf uh, etched in their backpack, <laughs> but they, they may not... Do all Canadians
1: know, have to carry a maple leaf? Pretty, per, pretty much,
0: backpack. pretty much, um, but it's not p- proudly displayed in kind of in a verbose fashion. Um, so yeah, I think in terms of it, Canadians are, are prideful, and, and especially the ones that have kind of stayed in Canada, live in Canada, and... Bear through the winters and and survive every year, uh, and thrive in the summertime. Because it's the greatest place to, to be in the summertime when it's not snowing, um, snow actually came uh, in six inches there's uh, six six feet or six inches. There was maybe six centimeters one of, one of the metrics, but there was snow six in, feet? in, in not, <laughs> six feet. Six feet might it, be a little bit I, too. Is much. Everyone okay? <laughs> there was snow in Calgary the other day. So yeah, it's. Uh, um, so yeah, we're we're we're, we're prideful, uh, but n- not in—I don't want to say this—a negative connotation. But there's there's a source of
1: pride. It's a subtlety rather than the. Uh,
0: I don't. I don't feel I answered that question well, but I'm moving on because I, I want the next question.
1: There we go. Well, we're actually moving on to like a bit of a quick fire round, actually, Ooh. which I've called the topic scramble. I don't know why I called it that, but um, I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and you're going to answer them.
0: Topic scramble, okay.
1: First question, when you hang out with your friends, do you always put them in awkward situations like you do with me?
0: I don't know what you're talking about, about awkward situations that you and I have had. I'm about experiences and providing my friends those same great experiences. So the answer would be I, no, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> so they are other friends experience. Okay, that, that sounds about right. Um, would you rather be a successful comedian or a successful sports broadcaster?
0: It would, it would have to be my first love is sports. Hmm. And I can provide humor and invoke humor into a sports broadcast a little bit better than I could be a comedian and just talk about sports, if that makes sense. So I think I can I could do both, but my main pursuit would be the sports broadcasting. That's what I, growing up, that's what I, I heard on the radio. That's what I wanted to emulate. Uh, I just didn't go into journalism, so hence why I, that's why I'm not doing it right now. But if I were to leave my post as head of sports marketing and take up a role, any role. It would be a sports
1: public address announcer. Nice. Uh, let's let's stay on the sports as we we both love sports. Yes. Um, what? What's your all-time best moment as a sportsman or sportsperson? Like, what's your achievement number one when you think about things you've done
0: as a sports athlete?
1: Yeah, you as the athlete.
0: So this would have to be grade 11, Belfour Redmond basketball. I was a, wasn't a was a tall figure like I am today. I, I grew, I was five foot four up until grade 10, grew uh, about five, six inches, and finally became a reasonably t- not tall, but reasonably heighted uh, individual. So grade 11 was kind of my first year of, of being actually a little bit more substance to me. So I was the sixth man on uh, on a city championship team, and the city final would have to be... I only scored 11 points that game. I wasn't the highest scorer, but uh, I made what they called the FOG, the floater of the game, <laughs> where uh, I was basically about three feet away from the basket. This is the end of the third quarter, and instead of just stopping and just taking the open shot, I just decided to just like a running layup, a running floater, so mm-hmm. to speak. And that uh, came off my fingertips and uh, danced in the air for a couple seconds and, and went in before the buzzer. It wasn't uh, to get us ahead, but I, I remember that moment vividly. And we only won by two points that game. So if okay, I didn't, that I, was the difference? If I didn't make that FOG, we might not have won. So that would be one of my greatest moments as, as you just des- as you
1: describe that i was picturing the the shot that steph curry sometimes does where he just like let's go and it's that beautiful floating nothing but net And i'm sure the uh, the fans there that day just reacted in the same way it,
0: it was a it was a packed house we were playing our, our rival the campbell collegiate tartans we were the Belfour collegiate redmond yeah, packed house city championship it was the energy and the electricity in that room. Obviously, growing up a Regina, this is all that I knew. So, this my greatest sports achievement.
1: Beautiful. Um, as a as a sports fan, yes. What tops the list? What's What's the number one moment for you?
0: You know, a top moment would definitely be going to the national championship of uh, college football. That uh, I I took a friend there, um, but. I, <laughs> I uh, I would say my favorite favorite moment as a as a true sports fan, it would have to be. You know I'm I'm not a huge hockey hockey guy uh, in general, but there's something about the Olympics that is a little bit greater. When you talk about mm. Canadians being prideful and proud, I would say winning the Olympic gold means more to a Canadian uh, than winning. A hundred meter, uh, or I'm trying to think of the the summer equivalent, maybe the men's basketball uh, for the U.S. But like we are expected to win gold every year. So twenty ten Olympics were in Vancouver, mm-hmm. beating uh, beating the U.S. overtime goal. Sidney Crosby being actually in Regina, being in Canada for it. I think from a, a pure sports fan, nothing really soothed the soul quite quite like that and again I, I don't really watch hockey too much but i was invested in that game because it meant it meant so much more
1: mm. good answer um like
0: all like all of mine have been
1: things <laughs> well it's uh, only taken 30 minutes or so and we've finally got an answer uh that i liked um we're gonna do a little uh
0: so that that's all for topic scramble
1: that's topic scramble done that is topic scramble presented by glenn Morenji. Which is coincidental. We're actually going to do a uh, a live ad sponsor, and uh, Glenmorangie. It's a single malt whiskey since 1843 from the Scottish Highlands. Um, they've actually been kind enough to give us some to to try. I mean, I mean, of course, I'll get you as as the guest to try some first. Absolutely. Um, just to, and, and and what they've asked uh, for for this. Placement of, of advertising is for you to have some, and then just give folks at home like a description and reaction to to their wonderful product.
0: Glenn Moranzi, just uh, I'm just just taking in the the malts as as we speak. When, when you talk about a, a smooth beverage that really uh, hits all the the notes on on your tongue and your, your taste bugs just really start tingling, and it really is the, the ultimate social drink, whether you're you're out on the golf course at a par three, about to hit a, a six iron uh, to that, that hidden uh, hidden green, or you're just out with your friends. Nothing really suits uh, that experience like a Glen Moranzi.
1: That would have been perfect, and they probably would have paid us double, but it's Glen Morangi. Glen Morangi is, a, <laughs> does sound like a great single malt whiskey, but to, to the makers at Glen Morangi, thank you, that was a...
0: Glen Morangi, my apologies, but uh, Morangi does roll off the tongue well, but nothing rolls
1: off the tongue quite like that malt whiskey. There we go. Um, the last thing I've written down for us to discuss is, coincidentally... The last question you ask all your guests, you, you know what I'm about to ask you. However, I'm going to do my job and run through with it. Lucas, what is the one piece of advice you would give the LAE faithful today?
0: It's funny that you mentioned of no preparation for this because I often get on my guests. When I do give them preparation that they're not preparing for this one question. It's the same question. I, I end all podcast episodes, and you may think that I have done a lot of thinking about this, that I, I really have a really refined answer of what's the one piece of advice. But I don't. I I don't, but I, I, I will give a, a true, raw, authentic, and emotional answer to you uh, at, at this moment. The one piece of advice for for those listening, it's, It's not about what what I'm about to say. It's really at the at the end of the day, uh, your future and your life um, is is in your hands. There's there's many things that you will read. There's many things that you will hear and listen. People will will tell you all 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 sorts, Um, and you may be getting very conflicting advice. Uh, But ultimately, the things that you can control are um, who who you are as a person the people you have in your life, and how hard you're going to work to achieve those aspects. When you control those three things, that's what will take you to your your next place in life, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship, whatever it is. So, taking care of who you are, putting yourselves and surrounding it with, with positive people, and working your tail off to get to where you are at the end. Those three things it's not the recipe for a an amazing life, but it's a the recipe for, um, for the the Lucas Ask experience and and what, what you should be uh, focusing on. So that that would be my one piece of advice for the L.A. faithful listening today.
1: Eloquent and wise, thank you very much. Wow, and uh, from my perspective, that that that's that wraps things up. It's been it's been an absolute delight. It's been. An honor and a pleasure. It's been a, a great experience, and I hope I hope you, Lucas, have enjoyed the experience as uh, being the guest this evening.
0: I, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Sam, for uh, for hopping into that number one chair and with the grace and uh, the preparation that you actually did to to make this a successful episode. You you put me in my place. You reminded and and really got things out of me that. I haven't shared with the L.A. faithful because, yeah, I, I might be a little guarded, but you brought that out. You you ripped that out and, and brought that to light. So thank you for for doing much more than just a job today. You were an enabler uh, with much aplomb. So thank you for, from the L.A. faithful, from myself. Yours truly,
1: Lucas Askew. Gorgeous. Good night, everybody.
0: Take care. Talk soon. And God bless.